from the pages of rpmnewsweekly.com, the site that brings you automotive news that goes behind the headlines. This is the RPM News Weekly Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the RPM News Weekly Podcast. My name is Peter. With me, as always, is RPM co-founder Rich Tabor. Rich, say howdy. Howdy. How are we doing tonight? <laughs> Good. I was trying to throw you off a little bit there because you always say howdy when I say say hello. You, so <laughs> I was trying to, trying to get you on that one. And you did. And you did for a second. <laughs> yeah. Very quick second there. What's uh, he saying howdy for? Yeah, yeah. I don't know. You always say howdy. So I, I don't know. Maybe it's your, it's your, is that your, like you put that on a t-shirt, is that your trademark, your gimmick? Ah, gee, I don't know. I don't know if I'll go that far. <laughs> we need an RPM store so you can buy these these t-shirts. Uh, so we're going to, uh, let's see, where are we going this week? We're going to talk a little bit about uh, uh, auto sales and uh, what else we got on the agenda for this week? Well, we're thinking maybe something from FCA on on the uh, all-wheel drive Pacifica. Right, yeah. I, I kind of I kind of made a comment about it last week, but I think, I don't know if you missed it or it kind of just went over. Um, yeah, they are releasing an all-wheel drive. But uh, so what do you want to get started? Do you want to start with talking about the used car market? Well, yeah, it's an interesting thing that I came across. It came down the pike uh, via uh, Automotive News. Uh, it was a white paper that... Uh, they weren't saying that they authored, but uh, it came to one of their contacts. Uh, but essentially what it was talking about is, is that the uh, online auction ma- market for used vehicles has, has went bonkers uh, uh, with the pandemic. Uh, you know, at first, uh, you know, prices uh, took this incredible dip, and then they came back uh, tremendously. And so some dealers that dumped a pre-owned inventory in a panic, they, they some, suddenly found themselves... Uh, uh, on the wrong side of it, uh, and it may have cost them a lot of money. So, uh, it's uh, but the whole thing is just kind of interesting. Uh, you know, the idea that there seems to have been a real shift in uh, the way in which uh, dealers will be uh, acquiring their used cars, or at least there's something in motion now that's something that changed as a consequence of the pandemic. So I thought that that was an interesting subject, uh, and I thought we might want to bat that around for a little bit. Hmm. Yeah, so it's it's funny because um, you know dealerships are coming back. I mean, new and used. You, you, you know, people are buying cars. People have to buy cars. People have to turn in leases. And I mean, granted, you know, there's still a lot of them around here still on a sort of you have to make an appointment basis. You can't just walk in right to the dealership. Well, well, the incentives are pretty good too for for new car ownership. Even even I guess some of the the finance companies are offering a, a good incentives for you know, used vehicles, uh, but the prices apparently have been uh, going way up, uh, skyrocketing. You could say, uh, and and in part it's because uh, you know it, it's a question of, of supply. You know, with uh, with the pandemic, the number of things changed. Uh, obviously, the, the, the ground underneath our feet is, is a bit different. And uh, some of it has to do with uh, uh, ridership on public transportation uh, it has been declining. And maybe it indicates that, there's, uh, that folks are going back to the automobiles. Uh, they want to take their automobile, but they feel safer in their own automobile. They're not likely to risk exposure. Uh, and you know that may come go back to something more normal as time passes on, but at least at the moment, uh, there seems to be some indication that that's creating uh, a rush on in buying. Uh, people looking for cars and dealers uh, trying to find inventory. 
So one of the methods that seems to be coming about is to do more online auctioning. And, and uh, there's even some talk about the, that there won't be any more physical auctions, which I find a little bit hard to really believe. But uh, who knows? It's, you know, it, makes me, it makes me think of, you know, oh, vinyl records are gone. You know, well, for a while they were, uh, you could have counted them out. But, but sometimes uh, the things like that, they, they just stick around. I can't really see there not ever being another physical auction. No, I, I can't see that that happening. I mean, there's, you know, if I don't know if have you ever been to one, like have you ever gone to a, like a used auto auction? You know, some of them are sort of the the, I don't want to be rude or or mean, but you know, sort of the, the lowest denominator of of of, of car salesmen. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like some of the. You know, if you go to some of these auctions, it's pretty skeezy cars and and pretty skeezy people buying them. You know, to sell to people. Uh, I know a lot of people in the auto industry. I have friends in the auto industry and stuff, and I have friends who are mechanics. And you go by their shops and behind closed doors, a lot of people aren't doing the mask. They don't care about the whole pandemic stuff. You know, I have a friend of mine who's a pretty good mechanic, and he's. I've never seen him so busy, and and uh, you know he works out of his own private shop. He's not. He doesn't have a storefront. He he actually has a, a shop on his property, which is nice. And well, I do want to say, I want to interject here. Uh, they do so at their own peril if they are, are not following some of the uh, recommendations by the CDC and, and, and uh, our health right. authorities. Uh, uh, and, and, and I can, I can speak from, uh, you know, I, just today I got, received news of a friend who died. He had been sick with COVID for about six weeks, and he died today. So uh, at, at their own peril, do they, do they not protect themselves? And not that, my, not that my friend didn't protect himself, uh, it's just that he had some other conditions and uh, acquired it, uh, and uh, he's been in the hospital for, for weeks on end. And we thought he was going to pull through, but uh, uh, it, it overtook him. Right, and that's the way, that, that's the way it happens, unfortunately. You, you think you're getting better, and you're, and you're not. But even up until a couple weeks ago, you go to stores and you see employees who aren't wearing masks, and they're talking and chatting away, and standing around together and it's like i saw there was a girl and i'm working i feel i was in walmart i think and there was a young girl working there and she had the mask around her chin and she's standing there talking to another employee while a customer's kids were running around her you know and talking about two or three year old kids with no masks on just running around her as she's talking and she had the she had the 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 thing on her on her chin it's like why not just put that on you know, if you have it on you, why not just wear it? <laughs> that's more irritating to have it around your chin. But, you know, that's the type of thing. And then you have, of course, you know, you don't want to bring up Trump because it's not a political podcast. But, you know, you have Trump on TV going, we've got a million vaccines ready to go. And people misunderstand that. Sure. Trump made a comment, I think, last week. He said we have we've already produced two million coronavirus vaccines. Well, but they're untested. You know, they're waiting to see if they work. I mean, yeah, they're pre-making them, which is great, because if they do work, then they can throw them right out the door. But people are going to just hear that headline, you know, oh, Trump said we have vaccines ready to go. So so people don't take it seriously. And, and, I, and I've seen it. I know people who aren't taking it that seriously and who are just business as usual. And, it, and even the people who come in, I've seen a few people, you know, customers, business as usual. They don't, they don't, you know, precautions. Um. So I think that, that dealer, like, I, I think that certain, certain dealers, uh, for one thing, I, I used to know a lot of car dealers when I, I used to sell commercial auto parts. And I just know a lot of 
small car dealers who buy and sell auction cars all day. I mean, I I was that's those are the people I sold stuff to, so I knew what they were doing. I knew what they were getting. I knew what cars they were getting. I you know we'd have conversations. And my father used to go to the auto auction all the time because he was in the auto business. So there's a lot of people who just don't give a crap, and those guys are always going to want to go to the dealerships and. And there's people who are paranoid. You can't you can't inspect a car online the way you can. I don't care how many pictures you put. You can't, you know, especially with used car right. auctions. You've got to go and you've got to look at a car. You've got to look at you know get under there with a flashlight. Look for look for signs of flood damage. You know you know there's stuff that people hide all the time. Obviously, I would never. Well, if, I, if I was a used car dealer, I would I would rather take precautions and go to an auction than buy online because you just can't. You know these guys are always constantly patching stuff up and resending it through you know a dealership a big dealership will get a car in the auction or a car on the lot as a trade-in and they're like yeah we'll kick it to the auction because it needs too much work and then some little guy some guy will buy it he'll put like he'll patch some stuff up hide some stuff and then he'll put it back in the auction <laughs> and then the next guy will buy it thinking it's it's good you know and that happens every day right you know? well i think one of the one of the thrusts of this white paper that uh uh, was put out by Automotive News or through through Automotive News. So it's not, they're not claiming it's theirs. Uh, is that uh, uh, the pre-owned supply chain uh, got disrupted because of all of the uh, pent-up demand, right. you know, which has suddenly now exploded, and uh, so uh, they just don't have enough cars. And so in order to get cars, they're they're uh, maybe t- cutting some corners and and being able, willing to not have to. You know, look under the hood and kick the tires, and uh, you know they're 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 finding what they can get just to get some cars on their lot. Yeah. Uh, so uh, I guess that's the point of it, of what they're talking about is is that what's happened as a consequence is that it looks like it may have shifted the uh, uh, the way in which the dealers are have, have traditionally gotten it, gotten cars, and that they that now once they've seen the advantages of of doing it this way. Uh, that uh, you know, everyone's going to jump on board and, and do it that way. Uh, yeah, that that's really does still remain to be seen. And and and, and even though you know the white paper uh, has sort of uh, was was touched by uh, automotive news, uh, I think it was a bit advertorial in, in a certain respect as well uh, for uh, you know one of uh, one of the folks that does business with them perhaps uh, who's mentioned in the in the white paper. Um, uh, in, in a uh, well, in a singular way. So, uh, yeah, maybe they have something to sell, uh, and they have a way of doing it that is advantageous to some dealers. But we'll see. Uh, but it's a kind of interesting prospect, uh, you know, to to think about that. Is is that uh, you know uh, the whole way in which you get cars uh, into the dealerships? Uh, not necessarily that people will be turning to online buying of cars uh, as uh, any more than they have already, uh, but that uh, the, so- the where the cars are being sourced is and how they're getting to the dealership uh, could be a little bit different. Yeah. Uh, um, hmm. You know, interesting to see. I mean, I could tell you, like, um, where my wife works, the Mazda dealer, you go down the front line, the, they have the little used car line, and it's it's empty. It's, it's But, I mean, that makes sense. People aren't buying cars. They're not trading in cars either, you know. They haven't even opened their showrooms officially yet. They're still doing stuff by appointment only. And they're already selling, you know, almost back to levels. They've had a few weekends where they were almost back to, like, levels before it all went down. 
Are you talking new car sales or, or new car sales? Yeah, but new car sales leads to used car sales. You know, you don't get used cars unless somebody buys a new one or sells their car. So, you know, it all kind of goes together. If the new car sales stop, then who's trading stuff in? The only thing coming in are leases, and I think even leases were extended. So if you had a lease on a car, I, I believe they were extending that to a point where you could come and trade things in. So do you think it's a, a better time for someone to buy a car now? I mean, because you've got the incentives from the banks and from financing, uh, you know, extended terms, uh, you know, zero percent interest rates uh, and that sort of thing. But on the other hand, uh, you know, because of the demand, are you, are you able to still get a good deal from the dealer? Can you get a bargain on, you know, on a new car or a used car? Uh, the used car thing, I think you're probably going to be paying more than you might have ordinarily, uh, from the, at least from the sounds of this, this uh, paper. Uh, but with the new cars, uh, I mean, are, are the dealers so hungry to sell new inventory that, they, that they're willing to offer deals? Uh, it's probably just an amplified version of where we were before this all went down. I mean, the cars that sell well are going to sell, and the cars that need a little help are, are going to have massive incentives. You know, if there's certain vehicles that sell, you know, people are still going to come in and buy them. You know, like I said, people do need new cars, although I can imagine people would also be wary about committing to a loan if, if their financial livelihood is, is in question. Sure, yeah. Personally, where I'm in a situation where I work from home and my business isn't really affected by that stuff, I could buy a new car right now if I wanted to. It wouldn't really change anything for me. But I know a lot of people aren't in that situation. Speaking of that situation, uh, uh, most of the deal, uh, the uh, uh, OEMs, the, the, the car manufacturers, are announcing you know that there's a return to work and that, that they've been... Uh, open plants and uh, FCA did uh, uh, some figures this week that they sent out. Uh, uh, as of May 18th, which is actually going back a couple of weeks, uh, it looks like uh, their return to work they had 11,700 of uh, their workers in the United States returning and 3,400 in Canada. Uh, so you know they're they're really cranking things out. Uh, uh, getting back up, uh, you know, of course they put some safety precautions in place. They had a pretty good uh, piece that came out uh, that sort of identified uh, all the stuff that they were actually doing. Uh, and uh, maybe I'll find it in a second or two. Uh, but uh, in, 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 in the midst of all of that, uh, oh yeah, some of the safety protocols that they, they put in place, which, you know, it's fantastic that the manufacturers are really stepping up step into the plate to, you know, to make it safe for their workers to come back. Uh, you know, uh, things like thermal imaging cameras to verify temperatures, you know, mask and safety glasses, of course, that you would expect that. Uh, staggered start times and added time to breaks to, uh, and lunch to minimize uh, the gathering of people, large, large gatherings of people, uh, and 10 minutes dedicated to cleaning and disinfecting workstations at the start of each shift. Um, and then, of course, they've enhanced the cleaning and disinfecting schedules around the, uh, all of the facilities. So, it's kind of uh, it's good to see that they, you know, they they seem to uh, want to move in the right direction. You know, to make sure that it's safe for people to go back to work, that they can get back to doing what they do best. Um, and speaking of what they do best, uh, they've also announced that this is our press release that came through today, uh, being June fifth. Uh, from FCA about the uh, all-wheel drive Pacifica. Uh, you had mentioned the Pacifica last week, uh, but what's new about this is that uh, where the uh, redesigned Pacifica was uh, scheduled uh, as, as going to be a 2021 model and was due for later in the year, that they've introduced a singular model 
uh, a 2020 Pacifica launch edition, which will be all-wheel drive. Um, so if you want to get your all-wheel drive Pacifica a little bit early and not have to wait for 2021 models, uh, these will be out in the fall. Uh, later this year, it says, uh, according to the third quarter of 2020, and the dealers can order them now. Uh, so uh, uh, that was kind of interesting. Uh, All-wheel drive uh, Pacifica. So, uh, uh, so, so the launch edition. It's kind of funny because all-wheel drive is part of was going to be part of the refresh. Obviously, that was going to be an ad for the next generation. But right, this is this is the current Pacifica, but with all-wheel drive, which you know is in a uh, special edition, a special launch edition. Yeah. Um, but it's funny because you, you know that that obviously this probably wasn't the plan. This was probably like a last-minute plan or or a sort of a backup plan because these uh, they were probably expecting the new the new version to be already in showrooms at this point or at the New York Auto Show. Oh yeah, you know. So so this is kind of one of those funny things that you see this from a few dealer uh, a few um, manufacturers where this there's things that probably were I mean obviously definitely were prepare you know they were preparing for the auto shows and that's this season and the refreshes and, and expected to have them out so this just goes to show it's kind of a, how they're adapting but also goes to show that, that the pacifica itself is probably planned with all-wheel drive if if they can put all-wheel drive in this that easily um or, or does it hint towards there being a, a voyager all-wheel drive because you know they introduced huh. the chrysler voyager and I don't think that's getting the same refresh as the as the Pacifica. So they'll have, you know, because the Voyager is sort of the the lower, the the it's kind of it's basically the entry level Pacifica still. But the Voyager is is more sort of aimed towards either the rental fleets, like the because they have a commercial version or what have you. Where I think they're trying to separate the 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 Pacifica itself away from that sort of you know rental car fleet fleet and and sort of that that lower price point i think that was one of their problems before you know chrysler would have or even dodge with the caravan of course the caravan is like the number one rental vehicle if you go down to orlando you see caravans yeah. everywhere so think right. of what happens in two years those are dumped on the market so it's great for chrysler or, or fca or dodge to sell a giant lot of caravans but then when those go through the rental agencies and two years later those are dumped on the market at a fairly you know i would imagine a a, a reasonable price so it eludes the market I, I think that's why they launched the voyager to begin with because they they needed sort of an entry point where they could they could price it down a little bit maybe they took out some insulation maybe they did little tweaks here and they had to sort of make it cheaper so to speak yeah offer something in, in, instead of uh, a used uh, caravan <laughs> yeah, 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 but you know, the people still buy the caravan, so that tells you something. People are still buying the caravan, like it's not going out, you know. So the sales aren't really hurt. I mean, other than obviously what's going on, but yeah, it's a, it, it, it's a, the caravan is a defining car. Uh, you know, whether you go back to the early, very first ones, or you go back to the stow and go seating editions, uh, uh, it's it's a iconic car. It's, whether you like vans or you don't like vans, it's 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 a it's a car that defines a period of time. Uh, interesting thing, though, is, is that they're describing FCA being uh, Fiat Chrysler of America is defining the 2021 Chrysler Pacifica as newly redesigned uh, and will deliver all-wheel drive, which kind of begs the question is, okay, 
what exactly is being redesigned here? It's got a fresh new look, uh, as they explain here, and uh, lots of new features, standard features, or features as standard. Uh, but uh, you would think that if they're introducing an all-wheel drive version uh, on the 2020 model, exclusively available, called Launch Edition, uh, it's on the Touring L model, uh, uh, and it's the same all-wheel drive system that we offered on the redesigned 2021, are they? It's basically the same platform. Or is that? Should we, should we assume that? Oh yeah, I, I, I would yeah. think so. I would think so um, because again, that you know, again bringing up the Voyager, I think the Voyager is going to stay this design. So they're probably made on the same line. Or they, I mean, not probably, but they are made on the same line. But they're not going to change because th there's nothing out about a, a redesigned Voyager. Why would, why would there be? They just introduced it this year. So you're going to make those on the same assembly line. They're the same cars underneath. Again, like I said, they maybe found a way to make the Voyager a little bit more, a, 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 a more of a friendly price point. So I would have to imagine underneath it's all going to be pretty much the same. You got a new, you know, with the, with the Pacific, it's got a, a, a new front end, a new grill, new bumpers, the usual refresh stuff. But, but I, I can't see them spending money on doing a separate platform for for these two. So so I, I mean I would have to say probably an educated guess of it is the same vehicle underneath. But uh, I actually see I kind of and it's funny when you talk about the style I actually like the older style one better versus the refresh. I don't know what your thoughts are on the looks of the the new one. Well, you're talking on the Pacifica, right? Yeah, the Pacifica, the uh, the refresh, the 2021. Uh, which has more of a grill, whereas the original one had a styling that was in line with the Chrysler 200, where it had this sort of thin grill. Now it has this sort of open mouth grill, maybe a little bit echoing the Chrysler 300. Well, overall, I mean, I'm looking at the uh, uh, one of the images they got right now. Uh, it, it does have, uh, I think one of the things that is more appealing to me about the styling of, of the Pacifica versus, let's say, that, you know, 2005, 2010, that era of, of, the, uh, of the caravan is that uh, as boxy as a, as a minivan is almost guaranteed to look, they've, they've managed to give it a streamlined appearance. Uh, obviously, some of that is, is optical illusion, you know, some, by the way in which they interject uh, angularness to the, uh, the D-pillar, uh, you know, the, there's, but there's something about it that, that you know, gives it a, uh, a thrust looking, you know, a, 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 uh, something that doesn't look like just a brick on the road. Yeah, you know? yeah. And you know, it looks nice uh, if you're on the, the FCA website, the, they're coming out with a 2021 Pacifica Pinnacle Edition. And it's basically kind of like what the sport model is, you know, so it's got a, it's got a blacked out grill. I think it, it style-wise, I think it looks a lot like the blackout grill and the kind of darker wheels, and of course with the tinted windows, uh, it definitely gives it a, a much more sportier look. And I actually like that the front end redesign a lot better with the blacked out grill. I think it looks a little bit less sort of tacked on. Yeah, I, you know, I, it's funny because I'm looking at the uh, the images of the of the 2020. I'm trying to see that delineation that you were making uh, about that the, the front end. And um, let me pull up a few more images here. I think that new the new front end reminds me more of that that sort of 2006 caravan, you know, the the the, the real rounded version that came out, and that that ran for a long time. I think that ran. 
up until 2009. It was like 2001 to 2009 or something. Uh, you know which one I'm talking about, the one everybody had. Everyone had them. They were all red. Right. They were all red for some reason, too, or maroon. Uh, yeah, I think my, that, that generation may, may have started a little bit later than 2001. And, and you could get, um, get all-wheel drive. Now that I'm, now I'm thinking about it, you could get all-wheel drive in that generation. So it's not mm-hmm. really a new thing to the – I think you could get actually all-wheel drive all the way back to the, to the early 90s. You know, I'm, I'm looking at two face-on images here, one of the uh, 2020 and one of the 2021, and I see what you mean about the, the front end. Uh, yeah, the 2020 front end, it, it clearly has that, uh, that Chrysler look of that period of time. Yeah. You know, the, sweep, the, the sweeping lines, the way in which they, they uh, come around the headlights, the uh, lower grill, you know, this kind of... The sweeping line there—it's much more blocky looking uh, this year. So yeah, I'll give give you points on that. But but, you know, you you, know—I got to say this—that to me speaks to something that you do so incredibly well, uh, and that's that uh, you've done quality control uh, at Wheels TV for many many years, and that you pick up on these subtleties in design from year to year and from generation to generation. Uh, often, sometimes details that uh, the average eye might might overlook, and uh, and this is a clear case of that. You know, just uh, right off the bat, seeing that uh, uh, you know, in in many ways, the two vehicles might look almost similar. Uh, even the window structures have some similarities from one year to the next, uh, but uh, that front end is is clearly very different. It, it's funny. Thank you for the compliment, by the way. But that comes from, you know, where that really comes from. It comes from uh, BMW and Mercedes, because <laughs> we, we, you know, we do automotive videos at Wheels TV. We, we, you have to do things on a year by year basis. So each video has to correctly represent what, what we've, you know, what you're showing. That that car you're showing in the video has to be correct to that that uh, year. So. Yeah, I mean, and Mercedes was the worst because they would they would basically take a a a driving light or a fog light and they would they would take it from a straight line to an L shaped or a J shape and call it an all new car, <laughs> you know. So you had to really kind of that's where that kind of comes from. You have to. It's all in the details. It's so hard to be precise. And then you know, I've had times where I'd I'd send a video back to an editor and be like, oh, this this is the wrong car. You can't use this. And they're like, why? And it's like, well, look at the fog lights. And then they look at it and go, oh, you know. I, I or I see it now, but you had to kind of point out such subtle changes, and of course they're they 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 love to throw out the press releases that are like all new. Look at this, it's brand new, and they just changed the headlight shape or something. But you know, all in all, I I mean I'm not trying to knock the the new look of the Pacifica. I mean they've got to obviously they got to freshen it up. That that generation, I I think it looks a little bit more the 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 2020 version. I think looks a little bit more elegant, but I see where they're going. You know, I think I see what they're they're trying to do. You know, and freshen it up, and everybody has to freshen things up, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, yeah, so, so yeah, everyone's every everyone's looking for the look of the future. You know, just get the pen something that you know that give, gives their car a, a, an edge because it's ahead of the head of the game. Right. Uh, Unless you're Tesla. Ahead of the. Head. Uh, uh, <laughs> okay. But well, um, you've just you you if we go down that road you've added another hour to this podcast <laughs> no it won't but i'm just uh, you know if you are if you are interested in the, in the pacifica check out the pinnacle edition because I, I think that looks really sharp for 
a minivan. I think that was a good looking car. Uh, yeah. But uh, uh, agreed. So now that we've nerded out with minivans. Uh, where are we going next? What do you want to talk about next? I. Well, you were telling me that you've had a string of Toyotas that have come up your driveway, and uh, I'm just kind of curious about uh, where they came uh, and yeah. where they went and where you're at now. Well, I started out with the I started out with the Forerunner, and then that was replaced by the Rav Four, and then that was replaced by the Lexus. Um, 470, right? Was it the Lexus 470? Now I gotta double check. These things are blurring together so, so bad. Like I, I can't keep track of this. Oh yeah, the GX uh, 470. I had that. Uh, and then, and then after all this, so you went. I sort of went up steps. I went with the Highlander, and then I got moved up to the to the Forerunner. Then I got moved up to the Lexus version of what's the, what's the uh, force the GX uh, 470. Is that the Highlander? equivalent to the uh i'm trying to think with the toyota lineup uh, uh but anyway so i went up to that and now i've got the yaris <laughs> the yaris sedan which is from a wallet perspective is wonderful you know from my uh because you know toyota engines toyota suv engines i should say aren't the most efficient things in the world and that's one of my biggest pet peeves about toyota is you guys I think we talked about this last week too you have these uh, super efficient drivetrains you're the king of hybrids you created hybrids but you can't put a decent you can't get decent MPG out of an out of an SUV or or, or god forbid a Tundra I think you've had you, you've driven like the Tundra or the Tacoma even oh yeah and, and it's, yeah. it's ridiculous the fuel mileage that that the, those some of those get uh, well, you won't see, you won't see their fuel economy listed on the front page yeah, of no. their website. Yeah, yeah. no, and it, and, it, and it's just it, it's always it's funny to me because, like I said, they're 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 the, one of the leaders in efficiency, and it's like let's get some hybrid drivetrains in these things, you know. But but so now I'm driving the Yaris, and uh, you know I sit down in it, and I'm like going from three Toyotas, well, two Toyotas and a Lexus. And you know every every brand has a has a familiarity about it. every like every car inside like across the lineup will have the same steering wheel buttons or maybe not the same steering wheel maybe it's touched up a different way but you've got the same usual controls and the same dash controls you know FCA's Chrysler's famous for this you go in any FCA and that Uconnect system is is pretty much on par with every other you know the, the buttons are the same the steering wheel controls are the same you've got so so this thing I'm looking at this thing like this this car is so different from all the others and I'm thinking about it and I'm then it occurred to me it's 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 all Mazda <laughs> when you get into the <laughs> so so when you get into the new, the current the new generation of the Toyota Yaris it it's it's right out of the uh it's it's the European Mazda 2 which is interesting cuz we don't get that car in this market not so, not anymore yeah not uh, yeah right so I think it was when did they stop ringing that probably like four years ago i think uh, at least i think it I, i'm going to say it was around the time i bought my dodge dodge dart so you're looking at probably around like 2013 2014 yeah uh, am, I, am i right about that i'll tell you i, I would imagine so yeah uh, yeah um but but it's just funny that um but it it, it i understand you know looking at the yaris it's it's a it's a low price car you've got it the only way they can it's sort of like sports cars too in a way which is which is a weird comparison but if for toyota to put out a car at that price point you have to figure out a way to make it cheap and that includes design and development so you understand like you, you, you understand why they might collaborate with mazda and especially if mazda doesn't sell that car in the u.s so why not right i mean um but even on sports cars you look at you look at the 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 
the Mazda Miata versus the uh, the Fiat 124 Spider. You get the 124 Spider, and it's all Mazda. There's nothing changed about it. It's the same. It's you might as right. you, you if you if somebody put you in that car, you'd be like, oh look, it blindfolded you and put you in. You'd be like, oh, I'm in a I'm in a Miata. There's no difference. So you you and that's an, it's also a cost thing and. and and uh, it's understandable because they don't sell a ton of Miatas, and I don't know what they make as far as the percentage on the Miatas. But in order to keep that car alive, you have to you have to make those costs work. So so you can get it, and, and that's the funny thing. It's it, when I say that the the Yaris is basically a Mazda with Toyota badging. I'm, it's not even an insult because because Mazdas are really you know dynamic to drive, and they're pretty modern. So it's it's a comfortable car. Uh, my only thing is I wish they sent it with a manual transmission you know because it'd be a little bit more i think it'd be a little bit more fun um oh and i, and I got the hatchback the hatchback by the way I'm, i i, I kind of skipped over that because they do make a sedan and a hatchback oh i think they're pretty similar now uh, is it even available as a as a uh i'm not sure what you're saying about the, the standard transmission is it available uh, you know what i gotta standard? i've got to look that up because i did not uh look into that i would imagine so but yeah we'll see yeah, and, and while you're doing that, I'm, I'm, uh, yeah, it looks like the Mazda 2 went out of production in, uh, after 2014. Oh, yeah, you can get a six-speed manual, by the way. Um, uh -huh. that. Yeah, that would make sense because that's going to save money you know, for some people. But all mm -hmm. in all, I mean, I've only driven it a couple times, but it, you know, it's, a, it's a great little car for the money. So, And, and, and if, if I had it you know, or, or if you have a, a teenager who wants a car and he wants to tune up, I think being that it's designed by Mazda, and, and there are like, uh, it does have a, a certain amount. I mean, obviously, it's not. I'm not going to go up the Nurburgring with it, but it, it's it's got its you know little handling moments, and it's got the it's got a manual shift mode, which works really really well actually. I'm not a big fan of those, uh, so I was playing around with that a little bit, and it and it and it works pretty good actually. So if you're looking for a little tuner or something cheap, a cheap runabout, it's a great little car for the money. But it's just funny to me that, you know, how, you know, Mazda has the city brake support. What is it? Smart city brake support. So when you go through the menus on this car, it actually has smart city brake support. So they didn't even at that level change the safety features, like even the title of the safety features. Because Toyota has safety sense and safety sense P, I think, and safety sense. Acid. So they didn't even <laughs> they didn't even change the title in the in the in the menu. It actually says smart city brake support, which is straight out of obviously Mazda. I don't think it. I don't. I don't think it's laziness, but, but it's no. But it's you know, funny, you know. Yeah, it is, it is pretty funny. Uh, yeah. So, um, so the price there. I mean, if you go with the, uh, I just looked this up here. You've got the Yaris sedan uh, L manual. Uh, you can get it for fifteen thousand six hundred fifty bucks. That's that's uh, that's that's not a bad price. Yeah, I have the the XLE hatchback, which is eighteen. So it starts at eighteen. Um, okay. But it has uh, it has uh, everything you need, you know. It has Apple Car. Well, this is this is even funnier. It has Apple CarPlay and Android Auto. It has you know a modern, but the touchscreen isn't a touchscreen. This is something Mazda switched to, where now it's all hand control. So right. there's Mouse, like mouse, sort of like mouse driven. Now how many times? Well, it's got like a little wheel, the Mazda Command Control. I forget right. what they call it. But right. you know how many times I've touched the touchscreen in this car? <laughs> like I keep going to the touchscreen, and the kids are like, "Ah, that's not a touchscreen." <laughs> you know, huh. uh, but it, it, I kept doing it, and because and Mazda switched to that, they're gonna do all just they're not they're gonna get away from I guess touchscreens, so that kind of ang annoys me. But 
I drove the uh, I had the Lexus last week and that didn't have Android Auto. <laughs> it didn't have Apple CarPlay. And, and it's such a weird thing to get to go from a car that was listed, you know, that was optioned out to almost seventy thousand dollars to a car that's eighteen eighteen seven and I've got better options when it comes to audio. <laughs> Are you serious? The, Lexus GX does not have yeah, Apple I couldn't. CarPlay. I could not get it to work. If it's there, I didn't find it. Uh, I, I looked it up. I didn't see any any info on it. So, and I tried both phones. I tried the Android and the Apple phone, and I yeah, it didn't didn't have it. Uh, really weird. I Crazy. Don't, I don't. I don't know how they could, you know, justify a vehicle at that price without a feature that everybody wants. Yeah, without being sarcastic. Uh, uh, <laughs> You, know, you could justify it if you wanted to be sarcastic, I guess. But, uh, I did want to make a point. I mean, maybe, actually, maybe I'm looking at the wrong data. Uh, the hatchback, the, that Yaris hatchback, is not available as a manual. The manual is only in the, in the sedan version. Oh, okay. That's, that makes sense, I think. I yeah, because you, you said you have the EXLE hatchback. Right. There, there's only two. I'm seeing only two trims available. Yeah, the LE. The LE and, yeah. and the XLE, but... You've got a lot more choices if you go with a sedan. Yeah, that's weird. I wonder why that is. Yeah. I guess it's just maybe something to do with production or something. Uh, hmm. But I, I, that's that is weird. That's weirdly backwards because if you think you know hot hatches and popular hatchbacks, I know that's that's but completely you know, they, backwards. I think they've given up putting manuals in cars for performance reasons. They put it in there right. simply because it allow, allows them to to get a lower price point on the car. Yeah. Yeah. I mean that makes sense too, and it has a sport mode, which basically to me seems like the sport mode tells the sh transmission not to shift. <laughs> so it feels like, you know, it feels like it's not shifting. Uh, uh -huh. But I like it. I'm, I'm actually, you know, I, I would love to do a comparison of say the Yaris versus the Honda Fit versus the Sonic. You know, like something a, a real budget car type of comparison. I think that'd be fun to do. Uh, a video on or something because you know, you, know you, you see videos of the challenger versus this this or the or the mustang versus the camaro versus this and that all the time but do you really see uh you know little economy car challenges or well, i don't want to say mm -hmm. challenges more like comparisons we'll have to line them up we'll try it sometime it would be nice once you know you get back into the swing of things do a little bit of a comparison trip or something you know road try road trip in some economy cars <laughs> actually i might do that this weekend i might go take it up for a ride just to get out of the house take it up north or something well sounds like fun uh, I'm not sure that I'll be traveling anywhere this weekend. I might go out <laughs> to the garden and um, and plant some tomato plants. Uh, you got to look ahead in these times and I guess almost any time. You've got to look ahead, plan ahead. Things will get back to normal eventually. But I'm going the opposite way. See, I've been doing yard work all week, so I want to get away from that. Last weekend, I was doing stuff outside. <laughs> all weekend, I was actually building a fire pit. Oh, yeah. For the summer month. For the summer months, maybe on those nights where you know you got nothing else to do, tired of watching television, you can sit outside by the fire pit. I went up to uh, Lowe's and I, you know, I got the paver kit, and so that was interesting. And then I had to go back and get more. And the only car I had to drive was the Lexus, so <laughs> I went to Lexus. It put like a couple hundreds of pounds of uh, stones in the back, which actually it handled really well. It was really handy to have. I just put down a tarp to, so I wouldn't scratch up the interior and uh, just shove paver stones in there. Uh, don't tell, don't, don't tell Lexus. Don't tell anybody. <laughs> but, uh, uh -huh. so in that regard, it was working good. It worked good. I think they want you to try that stuff out. They want you to, yeah. to explore, explore and experiment with a car. Right. 
Well, well, listen, we're, we're approaching our 45-minute mark, and uh, I, th I think we covered some pretty good ground this week, and uh, it was good to talk with you again, Peter. Sure. I don't, I don't even know what we talked about. It went by fast. Um, so anyway, yeah, I guess we'll wrap it up, and we'll get you know we'll get together next week. Uh, thanks, everybody, for uh, listening, and you know, stay safe, all that good stuff that people have been saying over and over again on TV, but nobody does. Uh, Rich, stay out in your garden. <laughs> Okay, we'll do. All right, have a good afternoon. Have a good evening. Have a good day. Whatever time you're listening. See you next time. Thanks for joining us this week on the RPM News Weekly podcast. Don't forget to check us out online at rpmnewsweekly.com for more automotive news and interviews. <laughs>